gonna say it Somebody should Let's talk about two times talk about for one, yeah You're asking the questions That nobody could Like where the bone thaws in Are they in harmony? Turn, turn, turn Help us everybody welcome so we had some leftovers <laughs> we had some holiday leftovers um, there was a story that Poonmaster Flex pointed me to that I was like well Pete is gonna talk about this um, this was about a quote-unquote offensive holiday ad hold on I started this timer can you hear it though I mean I know you can now but like if I heave it over here, I feel like that's quiet enough. Um, There's about an offensive ad for a Peloton bike, apparently, which I was like, she explained to me what it was and then why it was offensive. Cause I was like, I guess I'm, I'm an old man to the point now where I have to be explained what the thing is. And then I'm like, okay, the fun game is guessing. Why are people mad about this? So let's do, let's just go through the ad first. And then we'll go through why it's offensive, I guess. So some lady waking okay, up. Yes. She's got her eyes covered. She's coming down the stairs with her daughter. They're in a house that looks like it's from the future. Now. Peloton? Give it up for our first time ride. Right, first ride. I'm a little nervous, but excited. Okay, so she... It's like, uh, apparently this bike has like a little video screen. Now, I did one of these at uh, at the gym. I don't know what brand it was or anything, but it, <laughs> it has like rides, which I kind of like the, the ones where um, you are actually like pedaling through a landscape. They make these. Then they have ones that have like spin classes, which are fine. They also have ones where like the one I did, it was, I don't know what it was. It was like being inside of a disco on ecstasy while fitness slogans like flashed around. So, uh, this one looks like it's one with the, cl the classes. And then this lady is looking at the camera. She's like, I'm really nervous about my first class, but here we go. And she's like, doing a, a selfie video. Let's do this. Let's do Five this. Five days in a row. You surprised? I am. 6 a.m. So she comes home from work and she's done it five days in a row. And then we cut in at 6 a.m. Rising with the sun. That was totally worth it. Let's go Grace of Boston, 50 rides. She just said my name a year ago. Okay, so I guess it's actually a live class and they were like, let's go Grace in Boston, 50 rides. She's done 50. She's like, they said my name. I realize how much this would change me. Thank you. This holiday, give the gift. She's sitting with her husband, and then they're. This is weird to me because they're, they're sitting on the couch in their house. Um, I thought it was supposed to be like 50 days later, but their fucking Christmas tree is still up. And then, uh, well, shit. Okay, no, we're not even at 30. I was like, our Christmas tree is still up. Um. They're sitting on the couch watching the video she made, apparently, of her saying, like, this has been such a great gift. Okay, that's the video. So, 
I guess we can just talk through, you know, what what is happening, why people are offended by this. But it's all it just seems crazy to me because basically I was like, okay, I mean, I don't really buy this premise. Here's what I would say is the worst thing about the ad, but it's not offensive. Something that seems to happen sometimes is people dislike something and then the easiest way to get other people on your side as far as disliking it is to then objectively prove it's objectively bad. And I think the quickest road to that in current day is it's offensive. Because if you can get other people to think it's offensive, then most people don't look beyond that. They just kind of say, well, this is offensive, therefore bad, therefore not worth our time. So I think the worst thing about it is basically, I think it, it uh, this is going to be our fitness show. That's one of the interests that I saw on podcasting. So this will be our fitness show that makes us popular. Pete's going to share some fitness theory. Um, one thing I don't like about a lot of fitness is basically, here's the thing. If you run a gym, you make an exercise thing, you basically have to figure out how to sell people stuff. I mean, I had this friend in high school who was kind of a dipstick, but also kind of great. And uh, his dad bought a, a, a membership to the gym for him and his wife. And my friend was like, you know, you have like a lifetime membership to the sidewalk, right? And uh, I was like, that's actually kind of a good point. Because you can just go out and do whatever. And I feel like one of the biggest fitness myths is like, okay, well, I got to buy this stuff first. If I buy these shoes, if I buy this piece of equipment, whatever, then I'll get into it. And I also think that goes hand in hand with the idea. I mean, it's like New Year's time. It goes with the idea of like, well, if I buy this expensive gym membership, I'll be obligated to go. I could never not go because if I have this expensive membership, obviously I'm going to need to go. Um, if any of you have ever done that, you know that that's completely not true. It's pretty easy to not go to a gym. Turns out it's uh, easier to not go than it is to go, even if you paid for it. Um, I think that spending money is probably not what you need. Um, probably a bad idea, to be honest with you. So spending, so this bike, I guess, costs about, okay, $2,245. Um, $2,000 stationary bike, which is pretty expensive. But it's like, as fitness equipment goes, I wouldn't say it's outrageous. I wouldn't be like, oh, you can get the same thing for 50 bucks. But I think that's the thing is there's a myth here. Okay. The ad kicks off with a slim young mother and her daughter in pajamas descending the stair, blah, blah, blah. A Peloton, she says, which also I was like, does she, would she even know what that is? That seems kind of crazy. Okay. So here's complaint. Number one seems to be, um, basically about the idea of buying a bike for your wife is a terrible idea quote, if you buy your wife a Peloton for Christmas, she's going to have a super hard body for her new boyfriend. I hope I get married again so my new husband buys me a Peloton for Christmas and I can divorce him. Um, nothing says divorce like an unwanted piece of exercise equipment. You know, it might not be a good idea. Okay, lots of jokes, right? Um, if my husband bought me a Peloton, I'd spend a year making selfie videos of me drying my bras on it. Okay. 
So that's complaint number one is like husband buying a wife piece of exercise equipment. But like, I think that's dumb. I think it's dumb because it's like we have to pretend like, well, okay. I've made a choice in my life and that is to not date someone who interprets the things that I say in the worst possible way. Um, or if she does, she does it as a joke and or I say, you realize that you took what I said and you've managed to, we kind of have this ongoing joke in the house, which is girls are so stupid, but you know, it's like, um, I was talking to Poon Master Flex once and she was talking about doing yoga and talking about how she didn't like this one pose because she's like, it makes my like fat right here. So I'm just staring at it and whatever. And I just had to like sit and stare at it and whatever. And I was like, girls are so crazy. Like you, you take up yoga and then you're like, well, this gives me interesting new ways to critique my own body. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so nuts. <laughs> like... And she recognizes that it's crazy and inaccurate, but also it's just, you know, it's a feeling. So you can't help how you feel about shit, but you can help, you know, you can recognize that what you're feeling is crazy and then move on, which is what she did. And so to me, the idea of like, I bought my wife a bike. And so that immediately, most of the people, most of the people quoted here seem to be women um, jump to what's the meanest way I could interpret this. My husband is saying I'm fat or that I'm not good enough or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, if you interpreted things that way, I would think you probably will get divorced because if you're with someone and you can't look at what they're saying in the best possible light or even a decent light, because there's not much context to the commercial, but I think it's fair to assume that if someone comes in the living room and says, oh, a Peloton, that she fucking is well aware of the product and probably has experienced it before. Like this probably is not a white uh, husband who's like a CrossFit bro buying his dumpy wife a piece of exercise equipment because he's doing the thing where he's like, I'm going to buy her something I want. I, I just think that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, like, I don't, I feel like, okay, this is exactly the thing, which is like, how can I be offended by this? I don't like this ad, and therefore I'm going to prove that it's offensive. I don't think it's offensive for a husband to buy a wife a piece of exercise equipment. I think I would need a lot more context to know whether or not that's offensive. But also, again, let's talk about the difference between offensive and bad. If I bought Poon Master Flex a barbell set and a squat cage, that would be a bad gift because she does not want that. She's probably not going to use it. And really, it's something I would like. So that's a bad gift. But is it an offensive gift? It's only offensive really on the level of, I do not know my partner very well. But the people who should be offended by that are her. Other people don't need to be like, dude, what the fuck were you thinking? I mean, yeah, okay. Next is, many people seem to question Peloton's choice to use a thin actress to portray weight loss and fitness goals. Um, isn't the real crime of a 
the Peloton fantasy ad that her body is unchanged in a year. Started thin and rich, ended thin and rich. Such change, many improved. Um, which I also think is sort of interesting because it's like, I th okay, in fitness terms, here's a mistake that lots of people make, is assuming that a thin person is a healthy person, um, or that a thin person is a fit person. Here's the thing. A thin person is very likely also not fit. Just because statistically, most people are not fit. Um, here's what's unfortunate. If you're fat, you're unfit in a very immediately apparent way. Right? You can't really... There's no question. You're not in good shape if you're fat. But if you're thin, people can't tell immediately. Because they're like, well... Maybe this chick is like ropey, thin, and strong. Maybe she's like a rock climber, but maybe she's just thin because she's thin and she eats bugles all day. And so she's not in great shape. So I think it's like, hey, let's calm down. Let's not perpetuate the stereotype that a thin person is a fit person. Now, I'm not one of these people who also, one of my pet peeves, is when it's like, oh, a fat person is in good shape, could be in good shape too, because I'm like, it's possible, but it seems unlikely. Or, you know, they'll, they'll do these things, people, grip test is one of the things that people said, they're like, grip test correlates with fitness more than other, you know, BMI, for example. But that's, that's a horrible study um, that's done in a horrible way, and it's using a correlation of one thing with another thing. But the truth is, um, if you look at the grip test study that people cite all the time, if you read the actual conclusion, they're like, well, here's the problem. Um, people with good grip, they're basically, anyone who had a good grip also had pretty good muscular strength, was in pretty good health, um, was, had a decent diet, whatever. All these other things correlated with that as well. So they didn't really find like, hey, it turns out a lot of fat people if you have a good grip and you're fat, you're fit. No. It's that, well, grip strength might be a different measure that could be used to measure fitness that might be superior to BMI in some ways. But overall, it's not like, well, hey, if, as long as you got a good grip, you're, uh, you're not obese. Like, that's crazy. Um, so I don't know. People are obsessed with like thin and fat as far as fit and unfit. And that's probably not the best thing. But, you know, I, I can see it the other way, too. I, I get so tired of, like, I think it was just today I saw Jillian Michaels was trending on Twitter because she said Lizzo was fat and unhealthy, which I was like, well, okay. Two things. Number one, that's what happens when you ask that person. When you ask a fitness person what they think of a fat person's health, what are they supposed to say? I mean, they're supposed to be like, oh, she looks good to me. It's like asking Martin Scorsese about Marvel movies. That's fucking stupid. Like when this person has based their whole life on fitness and you say, what do you think of so-and-so? They're obviously not going to say this person's fit. However, I would suggest also that the person asking the question is really the one doing the quote-unquote fat shaming here. Because it's like, well, you're obviously trying to elicit one of two things. 
something where the person says how they really feel and what we all know is true, which is like, hey, fat person is fat. Or you're trying to uh, get them to just lie. Just be like, okay, well, I don't believe that. So you're kind of trying to put this person in a position where their choices are to lie or to say something that's controversial, but it's, it's just stupid. It's like, why do we have to pretend about this? We don't have to pretend, but we also don't really need to ask anyone. Like, do you need to ask a fitness expert whether or not a person is fat? Probably not. I think most of us can pretty much tell. So it seems like a waste of time. Um, so anyway, it's like, I guess, oh, and I guess some people also said it was creepy. Um, that it looks like a Black Mirror episode. I mean, it looks like just a house with not much in it. It looks like a normal fucking model house from any commercial. Any commercial where they're in the kitchen does not look like a real fucking kitchen. Okay, so get over it. There was also the financial question. Because it's like, oh, well, this is for Richards. So therefore, it's bad. Which I'm like, no, it's really not. I mean... I would compare this to how, what other ways could three months salary last you a lifetime? I don't really hear a lot of complaints about that coming from the ladies who would be receiving a diamond ring. I would be very curious about something, which is uh, when gay guys get married and gay women, I suppose this would also apply. What's the ring situation? Like, do they go buy into this three month salary shit and do they both do it? Do they just do it if one or the other would prefer it? I mean, I've told Poonmaster Flex, like, well, A, I don't think three months salary is happening. I'm sorry. I mean, first I was like, well, is that gross or net? But then I was like, you know what? Either way, that seems like too much. I mean, that seems like, <laughs> that seems like a lot of money for something that you could accidentally flush down the toilet. Right? I mean, like... Something that it's physically possible to flush down the toilet that costs, I don't know, let's like just call it a $10,000 object. That's insane. And what's the purpose of it? It's like, oh, so other people know you're taken or something? And it's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. And then I feel like... I, I can't think of a, like a $10,000 thing to me, too, is like... Uh, we could have taken the most fabulous vacation we've ever taken. Or you could have this. And it's not a zero-sum game. Why don't we spend a third as much on a nice ring and then spend the other two-thirds on a vacation? Because you can't show the vacation to people in the past, but now you can. Just take a bunch of Instagram pictures and everyone will be jealous. And then you're like, oh, see, this is what we did instead. There you go. My husband loves me this many dollars. Anyway. So I think that's the thing, because like we're talking about ten thousand dollars versus twenty two hundred. So that doesn't that doesn't necessarily wash for me. That doesn't necessarily make me think, oh my god, they're so fucking rich. They're obviously rich assholes. There's like a real eat the rich thing happening these days, which I'm just like, okay. Can everybody calm down? Can first of all, can we recognize like these aren't real fucking people? This is not. This is obviously not real people. This is a commercial. It's an idea someone came up with. It's 30 fucking seconds of your life and you're just like, I mean, I don't really buy it. 
But it's not like this has really shattered my worldview. I used to think of Peloton as a ex- uh, responsible company. I, I used to think they were such good people over there. And now I don't know what to think. Like, <laughs> do you think that everyone who works at Peloton is like, how can we help people get fit? Um, here are our priorities, making people fit, not making money. Come on, give me a fucking break. But also, if you do the math on it, I think this winds up being like, let's say you got to save like 40 bucks a week or something like that. Let's call it an even $50 a week for a year to save up enough money. So if this, uh, this husband was like, I'm going to squirrel away $50 a week and then uh, buy my wife this thing. Like, all of a sudden, it doesn't seem so crazy. Like, yes, this is not going to be accessible if you're a broke-ass fool, okay? If you are, uh... well, if you're, yeah, you're just not making shit. I mean, if you're making minimum wage, yeah, you probably are not going to be able to buy one of these goddamn things in your house. Although you could probably get a credit card and do it that way, which is probably stupid. But maybe that explains why they don't have any shit in their house is because it's like, well, I just I just spent $2,200 on that. Um, but I guess I it, to me, it's like, is it an expensive gift? Yeah. But is it like a crazy, extravagant, expensive gift? I don't know. And especially if she used it. Like, if Poonmaster Flex came home and she had bought herself a $2,200 stationary bike, I'd be like, geez, that's pretty pricey. But if she was using it, like, every day, like, when she got to day 50 in a row of using it every day, she's, like, getting up at 6 a.m. to use it every day, I'd be like, fuck, I guess it was worth it. Like, I guess this was something she wanted and needed. And to be honest, like... I don't know if that's what she was doing. I'd be like, well, obviously this was a good gift then. Like if this was a shitty gift, if this was a shitty husband buying a shitty gift for his shitty wife, uh, she would not be getting up at 6am and doing it or doing it 50 days in a row. Unless I will also pose she's doing it out of spite because she's like, okay, fuck you. I'm going to use it then. And I'm going to be hot as hell. But I mean, who loses there? And so I guess, I guess this is the thing is I think people are applying their own lives to this, which is, okay, my husband bought me this thing that I never asked for and didn't want. Um, now it's sitting there. It's a $2,200 paperweight. Um, I'm also a 220 pound paperweight now. And we're just unhappy about it. He's pissed off at me. He's resentful at me because I'm not using this gift that he got me. I'm mad at him because I feel like his gift was really a coded message saying I'm fat Everyone was made miserable by this gift. Um, And it's like, you know what, motherfuckers? Sometimes it's not about you. Also, how can you complain about it being expensive and complain about how it's a shitty gift from the husband? It's like, well, all right, if you are saying it's expensive and extravagant and not accessible, why would you care about it being accessible if nobody wants it? But if you're complaining about it being like, I don't know, a terrible gift, it's like, well, these seem like two very separate complaints that I don't know if they coexist very well. I think you, quote, the internet, need to go back and decide, which, how are we mad about this right now? I'm not sure if I understand the way, (laughs) 
why we're angry about this thing. I think this is like a thing. This is a real thing, though. And I think it touched a nerve. Because I think many people have been in a relationship where at some point they had a, a realistic discussion of fitness with somebody. Like, I would be more attracted to you if you were more fit. Or, I would like you to be fit because I'm concerned with your health. Like, I want you to be around forever, and therefore I want you to be healthy. Um, and I don't think these conversations ever go well. They just, they don't seem to work, and it's like a big taboo. It seems like talking about fitness is a big taboo, even though I don't think it's inappropriate for, like, couples to talk about fitness in terms of, like, I... I just noticed that you come, you get home from work and you're grumpy and like, maybe this is a good outlet for you. Uh, maybe this will make you happier. I've noticed that you're like hobbling around the house and you're kind of miserable. Maybe like 20 minutes of exercise a day would be a good thing for you. But then that it's, it's a little bit like suggesting your partner seek therapy, which is like, I think hurtful to a lot of people, even though it's not meant as hurtful. Um, probably because a handful of assholes have meant it as hurtful. <laughs> They've been like, you need fucking therapy, you crazy. But a lot of other people will say it in a way where they mean it as, hey, I just think that maybe you'd be happier if you did this. I mean, you don't have to do it for me, but if you wanted to do it for you, I think that'd be a great idea. And I think that's fitness too, to an extent is like, you don't have to do this for me, but if you did it for you, that'd be great. And to be honest, too, I think there's a lot of couples out there who it's like, look, I want to be able to go on vacation with you and we can walk around all day and it's not a horrible, miserable ordeal. Like, that's what I like to do on vacation and I'd like to do it together. Now, if you don't want to do that, that's cool, but then we'll just have to, I guess, go our separate ways on vacation at some points and like, that's, that's tough. There is also, I think, um, happening here, maybe, you know, if we're going to talk about the narrative of it, as if there's like a real narrative here, um, Poonmaster Flex and I deal with a situation where there's two Peters in this relationship. There's Solutions Peter, and then there's Listening Boyfriend Peter. Solutions Peter hears about a conflict at work and then is immediately asking questions and trying to concoct a way to solve this problem. Um, and Solutions Peter at one time was the only Peter that there was because uh, Solutions Pete did not see the problem with this because that's how he thinks. But Poonmaster Flex clued Solutions Pete into sometimes I don't want a solution or I'm not looking for a solution or I'm not ready for a solution. I just want to talk about this thing and I basically want you to say, that sounds shitty and you're right and whatever, etc. I feel like maybe, maybe this wife has been talking about, oh, I feel out of shape and I just don't have time for the gym and blah, blah, blah. And maybe he engaged in some solutions-based thinking and was like, well, I'm going to buy her this. It's, I think the whole thing that people are mad about seems dumb. And the people thing that people seem mad about is he bought this thing and his wife didn't want it or wasn't interested in it or whatever. And that seems to be untrue. 
I just, I find it very interesting. I find it interesting that like, cause it really, you could interpret any narrative in such a way as to make it offensive. And I feel like that's what's happened here is it's been made offensive, but it's not offensive. It's just stupid. It's a fucking stupid commercial for a thing that nobody's going to buy. I mean, a handful of people will fucking buy it and whatever, like who cares? But I, I don't know. Every, every argument against it seems more ridiculous than the last. And the primary argument I would make is to just say this. You do not need to buy a thing to start being fit. If you think I could be fit if only I bought X, then say to yourself, well, what could I, what version of that could I do with, if I didn't buy that thing? So in other words, if I think I need a $2,200 bike, maybe for this month, I'll buy a $30 gym membership and just see how often I go or how interested I am. And I'll use that bike and whatever. Cause I mean, do the math on that. In a year, you spend $360. So it would take you like five years of using that gym in order to eat up the cost of using that bike. So to even out, you'd have to spend about five years doing it. So there you go. That's my Dave Ramsey moment, which is like, let's really talk about it. And then that way, if you spend 30 bucks and you never use it, your $30 you threw away you know, your $90 because you did it for three months and slowly coasted to a stop, then you don't have to worry about it. Boom. And that's the thing, though, is fitness is all about, the fitness industry is about selling you something you don't really need and selling you something you're not going to use. You know, like a gym basically works like an airplane, right? Like they oversell the seats on the airplane by a certain percentage because they know whatever, whatever the case a certain number of people aren't going to show up. Like we just did this event at work a little while ago and the tickets were like 15 bucks or something. And everyone's kind of standing around scratching their heads. Like, I don't know, no matter what you do, you can't really get above 70 to 80% attendance at a thing. Like it's just not going to happen. But you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, I had concert tickets a couple times that I ended up not going to the show. Because I bought them like months in advance. And then when it rolled around, there was something going on that day. Or I was sick. Or like, I just had a long week and was like, oh, fuck it. Or I'm like, I'm in my 30s. I don't go to a Tuesday night concert in Boulder anymore. Like, that's not going to happen. But you know, when I bought it, I was like, yes, I am going to do that. It's 2020. (laughs) I can do whatever I want. And so like, there's always going to be a number that doesn't show up. And never is that more true than at a gym. Because I, I would estimate that a gym doesn't really even consider its capacity when it's doing membership. Because, A, you're, all of your members are never going to show up at the same time. It would be such an interesting, like, better business bureau or, like, fire code thing or something. Because it's like, well, how, what does a gym do if everyone showed up at once? They cannot accommodate. They couldn't have that many people in the fucking building. But who are they going to kick out? Like, who are they going to say, like, well, you can't come in. You're going to just have to wait until someone else leaves. No one's ever going to go to a gym that does it that way. But they don't have to worry about it because it kind of seems to me that, like, no matter how many people buy a membership at a gym, it's only ever going to be so many people in there at a time, but also only so many people who actually use that gym, like, ever. I mean, I would bet a solid 20 to 30% just like who buy concert tickets and stuff, never come.
I mean, you know, they come a couple times right when they get the thing and then they never show up after that. And I, I'm guessing it's the same. Doesn't that stand to reason? Seems like it to me. Seems like uh, it's like an airline, but worse. Except it's not worse because it's like, well, they could show up. It's not like they're going to get kicked off, but they just know they're not going to. So obviously a gym, if it's like capacity 95 people, they're not like, well, we can't sell a 96 membership. What if everyone came at once? Everyone's going to be like, I wouldn't worry about it. Let's sell five times that many. <laughs> Move on. Because <laughs> fuck it. I've been sick since the beginning of the year. So I've been, uh, it's actually kind of, if you have to get sick, fortunate time for me. Because work was pretty slow, but then also, like, I haven't been going to the gym. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Because it's, this is the worst time to go. I mean, now it's January 9th. So it's probably already slowed down a little, but not a lot. Good God, though. Resolution people, calm down. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think... The other thing I would say fitness wise, like this being the beginning of the year is like, um, you got to think about your fitness training as also you're training your own patients because the most common thing that I hear is like, I've been working out every day for two weeks and I still feel tired and sore and it's like, it doesn't feel good to work out. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. And my things I would say with that are, well, if you worked out today and then you're super sore the next couple days, you did too much. Especially if you're a beginner. If you're sore for like two days, then you shouldn't have done that much and you need to calm down and start lower and then work your way up slowly. You know, in running, they say it's like the 10% rule. So let's say you do a 10 minute and that applies to intensity or amount. So like, let's say you go for a 10 minute walk today. Um, so this week you can do 10 minute walk as many days as you want. Um, next week, you can up that by 10% either in intensity or time. So you could do an 11 minute walk or you could do a 10 minute walk and do one minute of running in the middle. And then you up that 10% the next week. Um, and just kind of keep going that way. So basically, you only get to another 50% intensity over the course of an entire year. But I mean, if you're doing one and a half times what you were doing, that's pretty good. Um, you'll be happy. And so like, you know, and it is like exponential growth and whatever. We don't have to talk about that. But my point is, I think the thing I would say is stick to it. And if you're having a hard time sticking to it, Back off what you're doing a little bit. Make it a little easier on yourself um, until you can like get in the groove of it. Until you start to like it. Like if you're just leaving the gym every day feeling exhausted and sweaty and horrible, then yeah, you're probably not going to stick with it very long. But if you leave feeling like, you know, I had another set of that in me, or like I had a couple more reps in that last set for me, then you'll probably feel better. Like, and I'm talking about people here who it's like, Look, you're trying to just feel better. You're not really trying to uh, do something else. Also, 
I guess I would say do away with your aesthetically motivated fitness goals. Like aesthetics are a dumb way to look at fitness because if you're like, I want to get slimmer for, you know, a bikini or whatever, it's like, well, look, as you're exercising and stuff, you'll probably feel better before you look better. Um, and I think it's probably more useful to try and make yourself feel better about how you look than to look better and therefore feel better because you're, it's not going to happen. It's never going to be good enough that you feel like great about it. And even if you do, you know, the more time you spend on your body and like with your body, the more you notice like the little flaws and the things that you'd like to improve and stuff like that. So if you're obsessed with how you look, it's going to be a waste of time. You should just think about like, well, what do I want to do? I want to have like more endurance. I just want to feel better. I want to sleep better. I want to be stronger, whatever, whatever your thing is, do that. But don't make it looks based because that's going to be a mistake. You're going to hate yourself. You hate yourself now. You're still going to hate yourself. It's not going to fix it. I mean, you know, fixing, fixing your physical condition is not going to be like, now I'm a confident person. Now, my dad wasn't mean to me when I was a kid. Like, that's not going to happen. So just put that out of your mind. Focus on the goal and stick with the goal and make your way there slowly. Just think about, you know, there's like a saying about thinking of strength as a practice as much as a workout. It's like practice, practice the movements, learn new things, um, study it. Think about it like a college career. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, I spent four years studying English in college, a language I already spoke fine and could write in and do all that stuff. It's like, okay, so you could spend four years studying and, you know, that's all day, fucking all the time. So if you want to get fit, like, what do you expect to happen? It's going to 30 days from now, you're going to feel great. Probably not. Probably not. And with that depressing note, I think we did it. It's good to see you. I didn't see anything, but it's good to see you all. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Let's talk about bum one, yeah. Asking the questions that nobody could. Like, where are the bone thoughts and are they in harmony? Do, 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 do. You're a helpful snowman.